What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of DGUT's Thought Lab Podcast. Uh, this is going to be the audio read of Why Do We Fail, uh, and then I'll expound a little bit at the end. In lieu of ever having a sponsor, I've basically created my own. If you want to support us, go to dgutsapparel.com. Don't give up the ship apparel. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at DGuts Apparel. Uh, it's Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. I went out of my way to create some really awesome stuff that I think you'll really enjoy. And it's some stuff that I think you'll actually wear. Uh, I hate all the stuff in the Navy Exchange section. I hate a lot of the stuff I see on social media where some somebody's side hustle is creating like nauseating gear that no one actually wants except for like crusty old retirees, which I'm about to be. So I don't know if I should uh, talk smack, but anyway, uh, go check it out. Dgutsapparel.com. If you want to support us, that's the best way to do it. And I would really appreciate it. In light of the backlash from Master Chief Petty Officer of the Navy, Russell Smith's comments on board the USS George Washington CVN 73, you can hear my thoughts on that here and I'll link the podcast uh, over on the Digas podcast side in the article. I have found myself sitting and contemplating more than ever a slightly altered and probably tamer version of the question that has plagued me since I was a fresh new boot MSSN. uh, That's mess management specialist. Yes, I'm that old. Why do leaders fail or why do we fail? The anecdotal evidence that started off my passion for leadership development was my own experience as a newly minted chief petty officer on my second submarine. I made chief relatively early, about nine and a half years in, and had less than a year of leadership experience as a leading petty officer on that same submarine. Arrogantly, I believed I was beyond equipped to do the job, partially due to my lack of humility and compounded by my judgment of my present completely ineffective chief. Great guy, just shouldn't have been in a leadership role. I really thought I would outperform many of the chiefs on board from day one. I just believed I was smarter than them. I think a lot of junior personnel feel this way, though it's largely untrue. Not that your intelligence isn't superior or relevant, but you're still not ready for reasons I'll discuss here and have on the podcast. I fumbled through my first year as a chief. I was shocked at first, then demoralized, confused, and lost. Once in the role, I panicked. I was overwhelmed by the demands and actual weight of the responsibility I now shouldered. Consequently, I regressed to my lowest level of training, which was basically non-existent at this point. I started yelling. A lot. Freaking out about everything without even realizing I was mimicking the bad leadership I had been a victim of and had sworn up and down I would never become. But therein lies the answer, I think. We were never prepared. In discussing the necessary steps to resolving the military mental health crisis, the MCPON repeatedly mentioned, relying on one another and checking in with our people. With having the conversations when we perceive a problem or even variance in what we know to be a person's norm. However, I don't believe the leaders and people in the positions to do so have the tools to recognize the need for it, let alone how to apply it. How do you do something you don't know how to do that you don't even know you need to do in the first place? Separately, and even worse, how do you know you need to do it if you believe you already are? That's the state of our leadership development. Our leadership is blissfully ignorant. They don't know they're failing on the scale that they are because organizationally, we are perpetually validating their current performance by promoting them, showering them with awards, 
and inaccurately evaluating their output, not to mention not preparing them to do it to begin with. It doesn't make them bad people, us bad people. It makes us unqualified. Like any non-qual, you can get qualified. It's simple, but like all worthwhile pursuits, not easy. The largest hurdle to clear is installing emotional intelligence in our leadership. In discussing the McPond's speech and the associated backlash, a friend keyed in on a lack of this leading him astray. He wasn't present in the moment and viewing the audience and his responses through the lens of the appropriate measure of emotional intelligence. Not that he doesn't have it, but he didn't exercise it. Conversely, I believe many leaders don't have it or don't know how to use it if they have it as a leadership tool. In Craig Johnson's work that, yes, I'm quoting again, meeting the ethical challenges of leadership, casting lighter shadow, he explains recognizing and managing emotions is essential to maintaining productive, healthy relationships in a group. He defines emotional intelligence in two parts, one, being aware of and managing personal emotions, and two, recognizing and exerting influence on the emotions of others. I'm not a giant fan of the wording of part two, treading dangerously close to manipulation, but it's still true, even if you called it manipulation, minus the negative connotations commonly associated. We need to be aware of our own emotions and how those emotions impact our interactions with everyone around us. We then need to be attuned to the emotions of our team and be skilled in influencing those emotions, for example, meeting their needs, which refers to the Maslow stuff that I've talked about before, in a way that pushes the team forward. I refuse to accept, though many will argue, that leaders want to fail, that a large portion of the leadership population of our organization are bad people that somehow relish the negative effects of their leadership failures. Unethical, evil leadership exists, but it is extremely rare when measured against the overall population. More common, we find ourselves plagued with failures that can be directly linked to incompetence. The term itself sounds harsh, as if intended as an attack. It's not. It's simply a statement of the place we find ourselves in, of a root cause. And incompetence is extremely fixable if we stop fearing it, take ownership of it, and begin attacking the problem as we do an enemy, because it is one. It's the enemy of our people's well-being and can be demonstrated in the reaction you're seeing right now on the internet to a leader inadvertently stepping on this landmine without realizing it was there. Uh, as I mentioned before, and I'll link uh, in the description um, or in the article as well uh, on DGAS podcast. So as I'm recording this um, Thursday, uh, I'll release kind of a it's a spin the yarn on the DGAS podcast platform about the whole the whole Mick Punnell hands call thing and then the subsequent uh, reaction to some of the things that he said and how I feel and think about that. Uh, so if you want to check that out, I'm not going to elaborate on that here. Um, you can go check out that podcast. And um, but it, like it, in relation to that and, and several other things, I've been dwelling a lot on the idea of why we fail. Um because most, and, and I talk about this a lot on Diga's podcast, most of the leaders that I've interacted with over my career, uh, who I've interacted with through this platform, they're just normal people that were doing their best the entire time. And, and you can go to the peer principle stuff that I've, I've put out here and, and on Diga's podcast to understand the, the promoted to your level of incompetence piece where they're, they're really great people who believe what I've discussed in this article. 
Um, and based on a flawed system, as I discussed in the last uh, article, um, they're promoted to their level of incompetence. And once they are, as I was, um, you, f- you find yourself making a lot of mistakes. And there's not many that independent of outside intervention, which you know everybody's helped along the way, but outside of significant outside intervention, um, kind of find their way on their own, like uh, seek out a mentor or um, do independent study, seek out platforms like this, whatever and find a level of competence in that role after having been promoted into one of incompetence. Um, It's a really hard thing to independently fight your way out of. And that's why I, I harp so harshly on that. The organization needs to provide a construct for that. Not just because um, it's needed, not just because, um, the incompetence is is simply fixed but it's because it's their responsibility and as i discussed in the previous article it's unethical to not do so because of the negative effect that it has on our people Uh, and we see that expressed through discontent through attrition and uh most harshly and and tragically through suicidal thoughts and behaviors um by a rash of uh, of suicides on board one unit, and to to think that that's not leadership's responsibility, that that's not largely an effect of leadership failure. I like I have a hard time getting there. Uh, I don't know how anybody in a leadership position can navigate their way around that. Um, when you study leadership at all for any period of time and and you can you can get there just by reading a handful of my articles you are inevitably confronted with your responsibility uh and how much of a role you play in meeting those people's needs and and really how simple it is And, and it's very difficult and complex because you're dealing with human beings but the concepts are simple of doing what the people need, like meeting those needs, uh, in order to have like a a whole happy functioning person feels a sense of belonging, arriving at self-actualization with time and and training and work, um, so that you have a a high functioning, uh, unit with like a a high level of, of unit cohesion and morale and, and mission accomplishment as a result. So, uh, with that, um, as always, if you need anything from us, hit us up. Don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You could Facebook message us. Don't give up the ship podcast, or you can DM us on Instagram or Reddit or discord, um, at DGS podcast. Uh, always here. If you need anything, um, really interested in, uh, any interaction on any of this stuff at all times. So don't be afraid to reach out. Uh, and with that, that's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. Thank you.